Welcome to Digital Marketing Musings, hosted by Merkel. Each episode, we choose a different expert to discuss the latest and greatest in digital marketing. Today, we're sitting down with Adam Gallegos and Eric Beatty to talk about link building and content, which is always super, super spicy within uh, within SEO. So I'm really excited about this episode. In any case, I'm Andrea. I'm Gaia Reed. And this is Digital Marketing Musings. Thanks for tuning in to Digital Marketing Musings. Today, we're joined by Adam Gallegos and Eric Beatty, who are going to give us the insight into link building and content. Adam is a Merkel SEO manager with a diverse background, including working as an in-house content marketer, managing top-performing local SEO teams, and currently working with Fortune 100 companies to develop and execute link building and digital PR campaigns. Eric is also a Merkel SEO manager joining us today who has spent the last several years honing his digital PR and link building skills by taking on the unique challenges of trying to make lawyers more interesting. Uh, Adam and Eric, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Really excited to hop on today. (laughs) We are too. So to start with, could you all just uh, describe what link building is in the search space, uh, the benefits that it, it provides to clients and advertisers? Yeah, um, I guess I'll start. So when you think of SEO, you kind of think of different ranking factors, right? Because the algorithm sort of has to determine how to rank websites. So there's some people say 200. I think Google said 200 once. Um, some people say there's thousands. Um, but in general, they're bucketed onto uh, on-page and off-page factors. So on-page, it's going to be all of your technical SEO. It's going to be the content on your page. It's how, uh, how crawlable is your site. And then there's off-page. And off-page usually boils down to links. Links are so important because they're kind of seen as endorsements. They're seen as quality factors. And they're also kind of hard to convert. And and not everybody can get them. So um, links are um, are important because they're the strongest off-page factor you can really get. One thing that uh, I always think about as well is it's really what helped Google win the battle for the search engine. Uh, when they started out, we all remember like ask.com, like ask Jeeves and Yahoo, and they were all competitive in the space, right? Wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a throwback, right? But uh, it was Google's value of the link backlinks as the vote from the other websites that really helped clean up all of these spammy websites that were known to like be all throughout the search engines. And so without Google valuing backlinks, they wouldn't have won. And that's kind of one of the big ways that they did that. So to like restate it, if I have a website and other people out in the stratosphere are linking to my website saying, oh, this is a really good site to go see. Like that is basically what uh, like link building is, is a collection of other people pointing to my website. Is that accurate? Uh, Well, sort of, those are your backlinks. Right, that's people linking to your website. Okay. Link building really is like the act, the process of acquiring, developing more of those links. Right. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. So difference between backlinking and then link building, trying to add to the backlinks you already have. Yeah, link building is really the proactive like process of it of acquiring more. Okay. Got it. And one way to think about it. Um, a backlink is really a vote, right? It's a vote of confidence to say, 
I trust my traffic. I've built this website. I've put this mm-hmm. a lot of work into developing this, um, you know, website. I want my traffic, my users to go to this link, to this other page, this other site. So if you put that link there, it's a signal of trust um, because you're willing to have your users go there. If you're linking to sites that aren't reputable, your your users are going to be less likely to come back to your site because you sent them to a not great site. Um, and so that's kind of the value behind it. And so what you guys are describing is like kind of the blue sky, like nothing ever goes wrong sort of scenario. As an SEO, I definitely am thinking like of the shady back alley link building tactics that are are kind of known for in this industry and then got penalized with the various updates over the years. Um, can you kind of go into more uh, detail about the perceptions of link building within the SEO community and kind of how how what we're proposing is different? Sure. Yeah. I can hop into this one. Um, no, tr- yeah, traditionally we have uh, seen that, uh, you know, link building is is the uh, taboo word within SEO, right? Like mm-hmm. it has a connotation of spammy um, issues like that. Um, and that's really from the early days of link building when it was people buying links. There were vendors and I'm right. sure anyone w- who's ever bought a domain, you've gotten plenty of emails if you don't get the protection uh, to hide your uh, email. <laughs> from tons of companies offering to sell you links, right? They'll, we'll give you 20,000 links for 200 bucks. Um, that was the early days and that's still happening today, but obviously it's not the correct way and Google penalizes those things. Um, and so the difference now is it's the tactics that we go, use to game this and which typically leads to digital PR. Um, so it's actually looking at it from a providing value that's not you know, like uh, fiscal, some money. You're not providing any sort of financial compensation. It's instead, our content's valuable. You want to read about it. And so it's finding ways to get the links that way through an organic approach, an earned link rather than a bot link. Um, And so that's the real way we've changed over the years um, and kind of shied away from the old ways that lead to that that bad perception of link building. Yeah, thank you. That's like opening up like a, a giant box because it's it's all yeah. true it's sort of like back in the day before like these these updates like penguin uh it really used to be simple to game the systems like as an off-page ranking factor being so heavily weighted it used to be just like point a couple links to a page by any sort of like number of crappy links and you can get a page to mm-hmm. rank but you know after these updates and these um penalties you have to be a, a lot more careful about how you're building your, your links. You can't just build them from anywhere. Um, in F, you know, anybody in SEO, I'm sure on LinkedIn gets offered like these link packages uh, from people <laughs> all over the world. And, you know, they're offering these same packages to everybody else. And so they really are going to provide no value because in a lot of cases, these are from websites within PBN. So private mm-hmm. blog networks. Uh, these are blogs created specifically to sell links or to the yep. game the al- algorithm, get keyword visibility. These are like not your, your real websites. You know what I mean? They're just there for spam purposes and people monetize them in a lot of different ways. And one of those ways is selling links to SEOs. So the perception in, in the SEO world is like, like that kind of thing where people are buying and selling crappy links. Whereas like Eric mentioned, the best way to build links nowadays is with digital PR because it's 100 
um, percent above the board with um, links you know Google has very specific webmaster guidelines of how to treat links and if you are going to build links how to do it and what to do and what not to do and they specifically say that you want to avoid any sort of link schemes exchanging money right buying links is an absolute no-no is it against the law no people do it all the time and you can e you can easily get away uh with it but you don't want that you, you know a serious brand doesn't want to risk penalizing their website being completely de-indexed by buying links off of linkedin right and that's where digital pr as a strategy is very powerful because you can generate links and build authority in a, a white listed way and you you keep using that term digital PR as a non SEO person, how like, could you succinctly describe exactly what that is? Yeah. So digital PR is really about creating media friendly stories, engaging content for journalists and your consumers. Um, usually it's around creating some sort of online asset or blog post that you can mm -hmm. then find journalists who want coverage. You get coverage in the, in the press. And with that coverage, comes uh, the benefits of links because they link back to you as a source. Um, your typical digital PR sort of asset, um, in a lot of cases you're doing like proprietary data and studies. Sometimes it's wrapped up in an infographic. Mm -hmm. It could be something like even a contest, right? So if you say, you know, $5,000 uh, raffle or something, you can promote that and um, journalists will cover it and link back to you. There's lots of different tactics, but it's usually something you're creating something that journalists will want to cover and that their audience will want to see. And before we go on, um, if this kind of digital PR is like the top tier backlink that you want to create, are there, um, and obviously the bottom tier are these ones that you're paying for, are there um, tiers between there or gradients of value of where the backlinks are located? Um, so I'm thinking, for example, you're talking about a blog post on an actual website. I'm thinking about, um, you know, Instagram influencers who on their story, they have like, you know, a temporary link to a site or a product. Are those um, thought about or valued in different ways? That's a really good question. And that kind of bleeds over to the PR side, right? So there's there's kind of a sharp difference. You hear digital PR and you might think like PR, but they're completely different. And here's kind of how digital PR is kind of laser focused on creating assets with the explicit purpose for creating backlinks. Mm. So it, you're creating an asset that will get covered, but then linked back to. So we're doing it all for organic, for search, to build our authority. Right. PR is much more about changing consumer behavior and it overlaps with, uh, you know, in, in a lot of cases, it overlaps with a lot of different marketing channels. So if you're talking about social, you know, one uh, tenant of, you know, PR is to be consistent with your messaging, right, mm -hmm. on all channels that you touch your audience. So, um, you know, does does a temporary link on an Instagram story or a bio matter for SEO? I mean, it's registered or whatever, but it goes away, right? And Google <laughs> acknowledges that when they recrawl that profile. But with digital PR, we're looking for more of those permanent links um, in articles that are archived and they live for a while. So okay. they can matter, but that I wouldn't I wouldn't say like 
you know, that's our number one KPI when looking at like <laughs> if we're reading, uh, reaching our goals or not. It's like Instagram temporary links, right? Right. I I think another factor to take in note is um, the so the two main things are authority and then relevance of the link. Mm-hmm. Um, so authority, there's tons of different metrics within SEO on how to measure the authority of a website. So it can be uh, domain rating, you know, domain authority depending on the tool you use. But it's a basically just a number assigned, a ranking number of how strong their trust is, how many backlinks they have. Um, and it's compiled in these massive databases that then rank them across all the other websites. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one, right? That's the authority of the site. The other is the relevance. And the relevance really ties to what you are talking about. So um, if we're talking about, um, say we're selling cribs, right? We're selling cribs for a, a Babies R Us. And we, that's the main thing we're looking for. If we're getting links from mom blogs mm-hmm. talking about these cribs and these things that are about motherhood and being a new mother and things like that, those links are almost just as valuable as a link from a news organization that is one of the top in the world. You know, things like that, they have their own value in different ways. Um, and so that high relevancy score will really help tra- pass the that value across um, to help you rank for those type of keywords. So those are the two main things to kind of keep in mind when evaluating the links. Uh, authority, relevance. Got it. So I've kind of got a curveball question for you guys, and I apologize in advance because this is not on our uh, our listed show notes here. What what would the ideal like blue sky link building process look like from your perspective with this with this strategy? That's that's really funny because with any marketing campaign, you're always thinking about like what can go wrong and what's going to prevent me from succeeding. But the blue the blue sky <laughs> ideal strategy to me is like, wow, I think like the hierarchy of assets that you can build is like if you have something, a proprietary source of data, like a data point that a lot of people are interested in and they want to link to and it's going to be like an evergreen thing and it will never run dry. So I would say like an evergreen sort of like data sets that maybe you refresh every year or you do like an annual sort of like run at it. So something that a lot of people that touches a lot of different markets. um, So you have a broad appeal um, and something you can repeat over and over and scale out. Um, So if you can do that smoothly with, with as little roadblocks as possible, I I think that's great. Um, so I think that would be my ideal, ideal situation because, again, if it's if it's something like that, super broad, you could do it every year, you could repeat it, um, it appeals to a lot of people, and you can generate a ton of links and continue to generate links from it as well because it's something that's evergreen and new people stumble, stumble upon it and cite it as a source. Um, so, yeah, something that's diverse and, uh, I don't know, that's ideal sort of asset in my opinion. I would absolutely agree with him. Would an example of that be like the Merkle Digital Marketing Report? Yes, that'd be great. Yes, <laughs> that that is a that is an excellent example. <laughs> oh yeah, perfect. And then Eric, were you gonna ch- chime in also? Oh, I was just gonna say I agree with them. You know, with that, uh, the evergreen pieces are the most important, especially like they're the ones that are gonna maintain their value over time. And you can that link is gonna maintain its relevancy when you update it the next year right so the, the mm-hmm. client the link might be from 10 years ago but it still has value because you're updating that piece 
constantly. Um, so that is the most important thing because you don't want it to be archived. You don't want to lose that link when it's no longer relevant. Um, so that's that's definitely the big one. Um, but my other is things that have it's it's the know you when you see it the virality of something right when you when you're like this has like the potential to shoot to the moon mm-hmm. right because uh data driven pieces are going to do well most of the time right like they're mm-hmm. always going to do decent amount but not everyone wants to talk about data it's those unique opportunities that are like uh just that spur people's like oh uh you know yeah desire to talk about right I so think... like and I think I've got an example to, to kind of what you're trying to pr- portray here. Uh, yeah. When I first started here at Merkle, there was a client who had a pet rock. And this was like right during holiday that was for okay. sale. And it went viral. Like they, they got so many backlinks <laughs> off of it. And that for is awesome. a pet rock. Yep. Like, yep. yeah. Adam just shared with me one of uh, a new story that came out on the uh, the Simpsons. If you want to share that, Adam, that was that was awesome. Yeah, I can just say it for those listening. If you just search um, like Simpsons Casino Contest, you'll see it, and it's <laughs> the headline is "Here's how to get paid five thousand dollars to watch every Simpsons episode." Right, so that's like a dream job for some people, and it's pretty absurd. So it's a very absurd headline, which is why it's like appealing to journalists because it gets a lot of views for them. But so the funny thing about this is it's a mm-hmm. contest, right? So anybody could kind of throw this contest. But the the funny thing about this P- digital PR campaign is that it's for a casino, and for those who are not in the SEO space. <laughs> There's what's like considered bad neighborhoods that can include yes. adult sites, and that includes casinos, and in a lot of cases, it includes like uh-huh. pharmaceutical fake websites and like crypto. Uh-huh. So that's the space that this is in. But this casino, by putting up this $5,000 and thinking of this uh, absurd creative idea, right? This is a real contest that they're doing. They were able to acquire tons and tons of backlinks because, like, Again, how absurd is that to like get paid five thousand dollars to watch every episode of The Simpsons? They say it's uh, around seven dollars an episode or something. And um, you know, the funny thing also is like, who cares why they're doing it too? Like that headline is worth it alone yep. to read. That's that entertaining. Do you think Mark will <laughs> let me go on sabbatical to enter the contest? You know what you guys think? Yep. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> quick month of Simpsons viewing. Short, short term leave. This brings up a, a good point, though, and I think we can circle back to like, why are they doing this, right? Why would the casino put up five thousand dollars for these backlinks? Why are they all, all matter? Within SEO strategies, marketing campaigns in general, you're always looking for gaps. In a lot of cases, you're doing competitor analysis, and one of those gaps is again with off-page signals like backlinks. And so if I'm Google and I'm trying to determine authority via off-page signals, I'm looking at all these casinos, right? I'm grouping them together. And then I'm looking at, like, who has links from authoritative sites, right? And this random casino now has a ton of awesome authoritative mm-hmm. links from big publications that will that will essentially um, help them gain more visibility in organic search compared to all of their competitors. So something like putting up $5,000 and doing an outreach campaign for this is actually 
like super advantageous because if you can get visibility and move your visibility from like position three to one, you know, that's a humongous uh, increase in users that you're going to get to your site. Yeah, exactly. And kind of bring this back to uh, our, our planned show questions. So far, we've talked quite a bit about like specific to SEO conversations, but how might this strategy be more broad or more broadly affect other channels and ultimately the brand and advertiser. And again, I think your your casino example is probably one of them that we can rip off of as well. Yeah. Um, so I read this question and I was thinking like, it's kind of about overlap. So how does it affect other channels? And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it can affect other channels in the sense of like, you're creating an asset, mm -hmm. right? So like, how we do it for this podcast, we're creating an asset and we can create slices to post on social. So something like a study can be referenced in an in Instagram post. Mm -hmm. And you can say for the full study, come back to come back to our blog post about it. Uh, but you can essentially do that for any piece of content. And there's a, this idea, again, there's overlap within PR. This is idea about cobblestoning, where you create one big piece of content and then you sort of drip out small sections of that. So the overlap is that you have an asset, um, and you can sort of break it down and distribute that asset uh, on other platforms in a newsletter. And, you know, you can make it a content hub and uh, have that blog post be a part of a giant uh, content hub cluster of content. Um, you know, there's many things you can do with it that uh, affects other channels in terms of like content distribution. Is there anything else that you all would like our listeners to walk away from this episode thinking about for link building? I, I have two things. Uh, I, if you, um, first uh, is even uh, Google is starting to realize that digital like PR is a good thing, right? So I know we still has a little bit of the, um, like we talked about earlier, the, the bad reputation from the old days. Um, but just the beginning of this year, uh, in January, John Mueller of Google said, uh, he, he tweeted, I love some of the things that I see in digital PR. It's a shame it often gets bucketed with the spammy kind of link building. It is just as critical as tech SEO, probably more so in some, in many cases. Um, so from a Google perspective, like they see the value in this and they are, it, it fits within their guidelines so much so that they're declaring it something they see value in. Like they, they typically don't talk much about what they see value in and when they do it's good to listen um so so that's that's one piece understatement of the year <laughs> wise yeah wise uh, words and, and then my my second point is um to use two cliches right like no such thing as bad pr right or the uh, never let a good crisis go to waste right like um both of those are very true within this as well um, you know, one of my favorite examples, like, I, you know, we all remember Tiger King from last year, right? Like it was everyone's favorite, uh, you know, viral sensation beginning of 2020. If you look at Big Cat Rescue, right? Carol Baskin's website, her, her, her organization site, she was, you know, kind of a, seemed to look like a shady person throughout the entire documentary. She was kind of accused of potentially killing her ex-husband, like all these like crazy, crazy things. But if you look at Big Cat Rescue, their website in one year doubled their prof their backlink profile that they'd worked on for the last 10 years. And so it hmm. now makes them probably one of the strongest in that space. And so these 
crazy situations might not be great in the moment, um, but there is value in the long haul. So uh, I know that no one likes to talk about when your new company is going through bad PR phases, but there is that potential upside that uh, you may be getting tons of backlinks. So that's just one way to like spin a, uh, a bad situation you're going through, if any, any of that. That's a good example because like the reason I love digital PR is because you can be very creative. You know, you have these baseline goals of like, we want to increase the referring domain to our site. We want to generate backlinks. We want to create something newsworthy and appealing, but what's newsworthy and appealing is very subjective. So to Eric's point, Carol Baskin could write a blog post that addresses all of the concerns that presents her as negative. And then she could have a digital PR, reach out to journalists, and then build a ton of backlinks, right? So there's always opportunity um, to generate backlinks to your website, I think. You know, there's always opportunity to spin you in a good light or to at least, you know, even if you don't spin yourself in a good light, I remember at one of my old agencies, uh, we were talking about this dealership and one of the, a very successful backlinking campaign is like, there's this guy who had some negative press and he would reach out to the negative press, like, um, articles and stuff. And he wouldn't try to spin them in a good light. He would be like, I know he's a bad person, but, um, you know, you might want to link to our website so people can like find out for themselves, you know, and learn more about the business or whatever. <laughs> so um, anyways, it's, it's creativity and there's lots of ways you can build links and it's, um, it's a lot of fun. And that's it for this episode of Digital Marketing Musings. Huge thanks to our guests, Adam and Eric, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. Awesome. Well, stay in touch and let us know what you want to hear about next by emailing us at digitalmarketingmusings at merkleinc.com. Also, if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button and rate and review us. It helps others find our show and please, please be sure to tell a friend about it. Until next time, I'm Andrea McCartney. And I'm Gaia Reed. Bye.